You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels podcast. This is our fifth episode of season three for the episode The Last Battle. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, Mike, and everybody listening? Hey, Mike, this episode is Stormtroopers and Battle Droids. In an, in, a, uh-huh. in an episode together, it's like dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Oh my gosh, I, it's crazy, you know, huh? I, until... Something else proves to be better than this episode. Uh, I'm gonna go right ahead and say that this is my favorite episode of Rebels ever. And, what? Uh, and You're you know, I think I no, think that I... other Clone Wars fans are gonna have have a similar feeling uh, to to the one that I'm expressing because wow. it was. I had a moment watching this episode where I realized I was having nostalgia mm-hmm. for the Clone Wars movie. Wow. And it's the first time that's really happened. Yeah. And I and and I had the feeling about the Clone Wars movie that I have about the original trilogy. Wow. And that like this episode gave me that and so it's uh it's going to be a special episode for me. Wow. Um, cuz you know yeah. 8 years ago I started Frontlines mm-hmm. uh which has led to um, me basically having absolutely no free time whatsoever um, <laughs> between yeah. all these podcasts and running a network and all that stuff. But I owe a lot to uh, to to the Clone Wars. So wow, it's uh, it's, uh, it's pretty meaningful for me when these new characters basically like time warped back into into the Clone Wars era, and yeah. uh, and we got to play in that sandbox for a little while. Um, yeah. And we got to see some stuff we have never seen before, but that I know a lot of people have been wondering about for a long time, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. So, so yeah, I, was just, I just thought that it was a fantastic episode start to finish. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was... Obviously, I'm not as on board not on board i didn't think of it as highly as you did but i thought it was yeah. a good episode but man uh but tell you what two eras of star wars kind of coming together in this rebels uh episode it was really yeah. cool so 
We'll get into that uh, momentarily here, but let's uh, just check out what's going on in the news. Always on the move. strong, Now, here's the latest from a galaxy far, far away. Right away, sir. So, Mike, we do like to talk about other things besides Rebels in news from time to time. And mm -hmm. uh, you know what? This week, uh, or this past week, it was announced, and kind of out of the blue a little bit. I mean, there was some scuttlebutt about this, but Donald Glover was cast as Lando in the Han Solo standalone yes. movie. So, I tell you what, I, I personally don't know too much about the guy, so I can only go on, like, the visual stuff and all that, but... Just visually, when you put some makeup and put the cape on and everything, I, I definitely mm -hmm. see Lando in this guy. And I've heard from people who've who've uh, seen him work in some movies. And I've seen a couple yeah. movies but he's in, but I just he hasn't stood out to me. But I tell you what, he has the look, and I think uh, from what I hear, he's got everything that uh, you know as far as other movies. He's really good. So I don't know. I know you you want to save your comments for, but uh, well, tell him what tell him what's up, Mike. What are you doing? Well, I yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say too much other than the fact that uh, that I I am all for this this casting news, um, and that this confirms what I had suspected, which is that the Han Solo Star Wars story is not what people think it is. Um, I think that there's a lot of people out there thinking that it's gonna be like Rogue One or like the original trilogy, mm -hmm. and it's not. It's its own thing. Um, I'll go into way more detail on the Thunderquack podcast, which is exclusive to Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Total coincidence that Matt was like, let's talk about this. I'm <laughs> recording that right after this episode with Tim. So there you um, go. if you want to hear Tim and I talk all about uh, uh, Lando, uh, Donald Glover as Lando, as well as... Um, the news that was recently announced with uh, George Lucas and Indiana Jones, um, then you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and, uh, and supporting us at the $10 level or above. Here's the, here's the best part of that perk, okay? Yes, you will be subscribing for that episode and whatever episode is next month and whatever episode is the month after that and the month after that and the month after that, as long as you keep paying $10 a month. But here's the deal. Right now, if you go on there, uh, you will get the whole back catalog as well. They're all posted. So there's about six or seven episodes, I think. I think maybe this might be our seventh episode. And these are like, we're talking like one, two-hour episodes apiece. So there's lots of really great content there. You'll also get um, all of the, uh, the, the roundtables, which we do on YouTube. Um, you'll get them as an MP3, so you can actually listen to them anywhere, and you don't have to sit down and watch the video content, which I know, like, I don't have time to watch a two-hour video of people talking about stuff. <clears throat> Sometimes I'll put stuff like that on in the background while I'm at work, right? You know, you open up a browser and you put it aside, but not everybody has that luxury. So um, at the $5 level, you get that. If you're subscribing above the $5 level, you get that perk as well. And obviously, all of our subs get, uh, uh, well, subs supporters, Patreon, patrons, whatever you want to call them. Um, they all get access to the uh, Thunderquack Patreon Facebook group, which is exclusively for, for Patreon supporters. So 
I'll tell you, it's a really cool group of people. Um, I am, I have become friends with basically everybody who ends up in these groups. I, Tim and Kyle have their podcast because they were part of the original uh, Frontlines mm-hmm. Facebook group. And, uh, and they were regular emailers and all that sort of thing. So when I needed people to help me, I was like, hey, do you, are you guys interested? So that and the same with Jason I, I, with uh, Talking Time Lords and, uh, and, and all that sort of thing. So uh, you, want, you want in on Thunderquack. Uh, Patreon is the ground level. Uh, it gets you access to us, and you can ask us very direct questions, and we can't act like we uh, didn't see them because, you know, uh, you're paying to be there, so I have to answer your questions. As, as it's mm-hmm. like it's basically like being able to get into the VIP room, and yeah. then you've got like or like backstage in the green room at a at a concert or something like that. Like you basically got us uh, as a captive audience, and you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. It is mostly me posting trailers so, to start discussions, um, and we do a lot of talking like that, but. But yeah, if you jump in and you support us to get access to this upcoming episode, you get access to all the previous episodes, all the roundtables, as well as the Facebook group, um, and uh, and and you'll be supporting the podcast. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about Donald Glover's Lando. I think it it confirms that uh, that that the Han Solo movie is going to be a little bit of a of a different beast mm-hmm. than the other Star Wars films. Um, but if you want to hear more, patreon.com slash thunderquack. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll finish up by saying uh, sure. that, you know, looking at the age of of Donald Glover, it looks like they're, uh, man, it looks like, who knows, we might see Lando with the Falcon at the at some point in this movie and yeah. him, you know, losing it to Han <laughs> or making it a Kessel run or something like that. So that's kind of cool to see that. I sure hope so. Lando's going to be in it. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, just a couple other things. I mean... There's talk about Rogue One tickets possibly going on sale tomorrow as of this recording on the 25th. So the 26th, they're, they're saying that you might see some uh, tickets go on sale for Rogue One. So if you're looking to buy those like we are, uh, who knows? By the time you listen to this, they might be available. Uh, also, Mike, I saw that Joss Whedon was interested in directing a Star Wars movie. Um, yeah. You know... I think maybe not necessarily the saga films, but maybe a standalone one. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon, I think, I, I, he had a bit of a rough patch there yeah, from Firefly did. up until Avengers, in my opinion. Um, it, it was a little bit, his stories were uh, good concepts, but lacking in execution. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but since Avengers, I mean, he's he's been doing awesome stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see what he does with Star Wars, especially because I would love to see him do something very focused um, on on character, right? Uh, not as yeah. yeah, yeah, not as, not quite as as epic in scope as as the other Star Wars stuff that we've been. That, not that to say that Star Wars doesn't focus on character, because I think that a lot of it does, but to get something that's maybe just a little bit more of a personal story, um, rather than you know set against this uh, galactic war backdrop, something maybe a little bit off the beaten path, mm-hmm. um, just sort of check out that corner of the galaxy a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and definitely uh, you know he can bring that strong female character uh, that everybody's always talking about. Um, 
and that would be really cool to see as yeah. well. Not that we're, I mean, I, I you know, that we still got a little bit of ground to make up before it's even Stevens, but uh, I, you know, we're not exactly lacking strong female characters in Star Wars anymore. No, no, We've got, no, yeah. obviously, uh, Leia and Padme, um, of course. Uh, Leia, the original strong female character. Um, but you can throw Ahsoka into that mix. You can throw Hera into that mix. You can throw Sabine in there now. And, of course, Rey as well as uh, as Jyn Erso. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the ladies are getting the reps uh, in, in the Star Wars galaxy. But, uh, yeah, I think we can do a little bit more. And I think one of the other things that Joss Whedon can do is maybe bring in a little bit more representation. Maybe not necessarily in the uh, gender, the binary gender uh, I areas, but sort of somewhere else on the spectrum because he uh, he likes to write those interesting characters. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would love to see him tackle that. Um, I would love to see him do an Ahsoka film. Um, I think that that would be a character that he ah, could, that go. he could write really well for. because yeah. um, I think that character shares a little bit of DNA with characters like Buffy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, who knows? I mean, like he should, he was just sort of throwing it out there that he's open to that. He's open to a bunch of different things. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's, what's so great about one of the great things of Disney taking over is man, look at the, the talent that they can pull from. I mean, there's talk, there's been talk of, of, um, John Favreau maybe jumping in and look at the story yeah. that we just heard about, about, um, JJ Abrams. He actually, and this, I had no idea about this. And I think we'll find out about this in the commentary. He actually pulled in um, Ava DuVernay, who uh, I guess helped him with. He goes, "Hey, can you take a look at this one scene with this is at the end too with Ray and Kylo and yeah. the lightsaber fight?" And he said, "Hey, can you come take a look at this one? Give me some thoughts and stuff like that." So, uh, and she has been in the running for some major Marvel stuff too. So yeah. there might be a chance where she jumps into the Star Wars land one of these days too. So man, that's just so cool about have a Disney man this the talent they have to pull from as far as directors and writers man it's really really an exciting exciting thing so we'll see you never know with with these big time uh big time directors and writers and and but uh man that's good it's cool stuff yeah definitely like to see uh like to see a Joss do something like that like he's like he talked about just the like the work he was he did with the uh, Avengers even though a lot of people thought the second Avengers didn't hold up or not hold up but obviously wasn't as good as the the first one yeah um but man this, he's a he's a great writer though so i think he could do a great job so um i guess with that mike anything else you want to jump in before we hit the recap no let's do it all right let's do this to defeat an enemy you must grand admiral now it's time for the rebels recap yeah all right here we go with the last battle, the ghost descends into the atmosphere of the planet Agamar, landing near the wreck of a former Separatist supply ship. Rex uh, then tells Kanan, Ezra, and Zeb about the battle on Agamar during the Clone Wars, and that the wrecked Separatist transport is the ideal place to find ammunition, including proton bombs. Inside the docking bay, Rex and his team find themselves trapped inside a ray shield, a technology that the Separatists were fond of using during the Clone Wars. Blastar is open to reveal a squad of fully functional battle droids. B-1268 orders men to take the prisoners to the command center. 
So, Mike, we open up. Um, you know, let me let me do this. Let me read this next thing, and then we'll go. Uh, sure. I want to go into it. Rex wakes up in the Separatist <clears throat> Command Center on the bridge of the wrecked transport. Our heroes have found themselves uh, held prisoner by a super tactical droid named Kalani. Disoriented by his surroundings, Rex has flashbacks of the Clone Wars and calls Kanan by the name of his former comrade Cody. When Rex asks Kalani why he is still operating despite the droid shutdown command that ended the Clone Wars, the super tactical droid explains that he overrode the signal on Agamar, believing it to be a Republic trick. And now he wants Rex and the Rebels to partake in one final battle that will decide the Clone Wars once and for all. So, Mike, you talked about how much you like this one, and, and this thing jumps off. And, again, we get these, you know, of course, they're on a mission here, another supply run. And, and it was funny to hear even Kanan, because we're all thinking the same thing. Even Kanan comes out and goes, I'm sure everything will go horribly wrong. So, he's, <laughs> yes. you, know, you know, he's talking to her about that. So, of course, we all think the same thing. Um, but it was also cool about this is we get these two, you know, you got Kalani and Rex who – have been through all this stuff and have been around for years and Ezra who was all intents and purposes born on the day Clone Wars ended right um and these two separate ways and views of looking at things and we'll talk about that more as the, this episode continues here but uh just finding out about Kalani too that he was um a super tactical droid that we actually saw in the Clone Wars in the uh, Stila and Saw Gerrera arcs he was a yes. part of that arc. And now he's at this point, and he still thinks, along with these droids, that the war is still going on. What a weird concept, but a, but a brilliant... Uh, this is by Brent Feeman. He, he uh, wrote this actual episode. But wow, what a cool way to, to, to join some of the Clone Wars. And we'll talk also about all the Clone Wars influences in this episode, Mike. But um, what did you think of this uh, beginning here, Mike? Yeah, well, I you know uh, having a character like Kalani return, um, mm -hmm. it could have been any super tactical droid, right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but instead they chose to bring back a character from the Clone Wars. Um, I thought that was genius, mm -hmm. especially because if I remember correctly, and it's been a long time since I've watched that arc, the uh, the Onderon yeah. uh, right. uh, arc, but um, if I remember correctly, towards the end of that, Kalani makes basically like a tactical retreat. And and yes, says yeah. something along the lines of like better to leave now and live to fight another day, mm -hmm. um, you know, like the war's not over. Right. Uh, Onderon may have fallen, but but the separatist movement is still blah blah blah. I'm pretty sure there's something to that effect because the the guy that he was working with was like, why are you 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 can't abandon me now. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and Kalani was kind of like, no, the the freedom fighters have won. I'm I'm out of here. See you later. Yeah. So, um, really cool that they would bring back uh, one of the super tactical droids from from Clone Wars. Even better that they bring back the one that was bested by Saw Gerrera, as well as uh, um, um, his his crew. Uh, what's the what was the what was his Saw? sister's name? Stila. Stila, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, like and as well as as Ahsoka, um, so like really cool that that this character is coming back now because what a great connection to Rogue One, yeah, right, um, right, and thinking that in Rogue One potentially, you know, Saw Gerrera's out there 
and somewhere in the galaxy, we won't see him in the movie, guaranteed, you know. But mm-hmm. somewhere in the galaxy, uh, Kalani is out yeah. there as well, right? <laughs> yeah. And thinking about the fact that once the once the rebels sort of make their strike, uh, uh, maybe Kalani might reassess, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He might. Uh, I, I think somebody was said that on Twitter that uh, the idea that uh, that that after after the rebels managed to destroy the Death Star. Kalani might take that one percent, and uh, and that that number <laughs> yeah. might go up significantly enough for him to get involved. So, yeah. like to think then that the battle droid that defeated that or that was defeated by Saw Gerrera, Saw and Stila um, on Onderon, uh tactical droid, I should say, uh, goes on to do whatever he does in the interim. But maybe at the Battle of Endor, Kalani was part of it. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know, right? Because we only know, we only know. It's it's like we always talk about with the ghost crew. What if, what if there's something going on, and like the ghost is is there? We don't see it, mm-hmm. but it's somewhere involved with the Battle of Endor or in the lead up to the Battle of Endor, right? Like if those if some of those characters are still around, who knows what their involvement could have been, right? So. Right. Um, it's just the idea of, of, you know, these stories interweaving the way that they do the small galaxy that we talked about last week. Um, I think that, uh, I, I think that, that this character coming back was a stroke of genius. And I think that this story was just like brilliant, you know, um, Rex has been back for a while now. He's been back for over a year. Um, and, and that in and of itself was total genius to have, yeah. Captain Rex survive the uh, the the Clone Wars um, to tie his independence and surviving Order sixty six into Ahsoka's story is even better. And now, sort of wrapping up his story within Rebels and allowing Ezra to really be the one that gives him that closure, yeah. mm-hmm. I think was really really cool. I think that it was just handled so well. It could have just been a one off, who cares story, but it wasn't. It was really meaningful for Clone Wars fans. So, yeah. and I don't think that there's a single person watching Star Wars Rebels who isn't also a Clone Wars fan. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I just think that it was it was a great way to close that out. So, I I didn't get the lot. You said it was a great what? Oh, just a great way to close that out. Just, oh, okay. just sort okay. of, yeah. just sort of like wrap up the Clone Wars and give it uh, give it some closure, give it some finality. I think that. <laughs> for some of us fans, what Kalani says towards the end of the episode of like, you know, and Rex of like, you know, their their programming was basically to finish the war and and they didn't get to finish it the way that they wanted to. And I think that the reason why I mean, we will talk about it when we get to the end, but I guess we're talking about it now. Um, I think that that was Dave Filoni as well as some of the other people who were involved with the Clone Wars saying to the audience like yeah we didn't get to finish the clone wars the way that we wanted but here's the end here's the <laughs> yeah. end of the clone wars inside rebels yeah um and i just i think that that was genius yeah and well and there's a you know we talked about some of the funny moments too like ezra he wants to know who roger is i thought that was kind of a funny yeah. little line too everybody of that line too so um go ahead michael we'll continue i got yeah to play for you yeah i 
Sorry, so where are we? We're at Zeb? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, Zeb protests that he will have no part in Kalani's war game, and the tactical droid agrees with the Lasat, on the grounds that his species was not involved in the Clone Wars. Instead, he designates Zeb as his hostage, that the rebels must and, sorry, and the rebels must rescue him in a simulation based on 132 Clone Wars battles. Kanan and, Re- and Rex refuse, but Ezra insists that they take up this challenge on one condition. If the rebels win, Kalani will release Zeb and give up his store of proton bombs. Kalani accepts Ezra's deal. Let us go. Negative, Captain. I calculate that this will be my only opportunity to end the Clone Wars as I planned, with a victory for the Separatist Alliance. What do you want us to do? Surrender? On the contrary, I want you to fight. To prove once and for all whose tactical strategy was superior. Well, you can count me out. I'm not playing some stupid war game. That is correct, Lasat. Your species were not in the Clone Wars, so you will be the hostage your allies must save. The Jedi Rescue is a recurring scenario based on 132 battles I have reviewed. Yeah, we've done it a few times. Jedi, is this your Padawan? Most of the time. Good. A complete set of Republic opponents will make this authentic. No, it won't, because we're not fighting. If you will not fight, you will be terminated. I'll fight your Clone War. What? Ezra, no. Hey, you both talk about the Clone Wars, what it was like, the good and the bad. I want to help you win this last battle. Besides, look at them. How can we lose? So, like, Ezra talks about, you know, wanting to help in the Clone Wars. So he's heard... I'm sure stories. And look, sometimes I forget that Kanan, as a young boy, was in the Clone Wars. You know, and yeah. if you read the comic too, and I sometimes I forget that. So Ezra's trying to learn as much as he can about this, about this, and he wants to help. But it's just bizarre that this Kalani refused the shutdown order from the Empire and the Emperor, and decided just to keep on keeping on. And this. This uh, this war game, I'm thinking of like war games, the, the movie, remember, with Matthew Broderick, like the yep. war game, this is kind of like the same thing. It's like, hey, you guys go to your side and we'll come out and we'll see who wins. And, you know, it's he, he talks about Zeb, like, hey, you know, you weren't part of this. You sit to the side. This is all about the Jedi and, and Rex and against uh, us, you know, Republic against the Separatists. So I thought that was pretty interesting. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I especially uh, what he says. He, he says to Kane and like, "Is this is this boy your Padawan?" Yeah. and he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Good. That will complete the the." <laughs> it's like he's yeah. He's just obsessed with the idea of of ending the Clone Wars and um, and winning the Clone Wars, especially because it's his core programming, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been and he's had decades to contemplate how that happens mm-hmm. so uh yeah it, it's uh it, it i don't know i found myself really liking kalani as a character and the more that i that i think back on it the more i remember i'm pretty sure i really liked him in the onderon arc as well mm-hmm. yeah. um but yeah he just uh he's just got it it, it comes up later with uh, with zeb with the the not programmed to understand your sense of humor, but Kalani kind of has his own sense of humor. Yes. That's yeah. I, uh, that it's this kind of dry sense of humor that I really like. Yeah. So, and the, and the, this 
particular portion too. You know, they were the battle droids again. They were talking like, uh, you know, we haven't captured anyone in years, and one of them says, "We haven't captured anyone ever." So yeah, you know, that's typical battle droid stuff for you. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, at Kalani's command, the droids initiate Battle Plan Delta and orders the B one battle droids to assume their positions. Chopper, who has been hiding in the hang and uh, landing bay, spots a Nemodian escort shuttle, which he attempts to restart. Meanwhile, in space, the ghost is pursued by three TIE fighters. Sabine notes that Kanan and Ezra are expecting them back on Agmar soon. They haven't heard from their rebel com uh, comrades, but Hera remar remarks that they will contact them if they need help. Uh, elsewhere aboard an Imperial Star Destroyer, Agent Callus congratulates Governor Price on her plan to trap the rebels at a fuel depot. Price replies that their plan is only successful if they can catch them. Admiral Constantine reports that they have received an encrypted distress signal from Agamar. Price thinks it's strange for the rebels to fall into trouble, but issues orders for the nearest Imperial outpost to send troops to Agamar immediately. Uh, it was kind of thrown in there, the scene with, with um, Price and Callus. And, um, yeah, and did you get a little bit of a sense that Callus is... Um, hmm. He's still working with the rebels, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like I, that because yeah. because that comment about the fuel depot right. was a bit like it didn't really have anything to do with this episode. That has something to do with something else, or or maybe it was referring specifically to the ghost. Yes, I don't know because did they say at the beginning that they were going to refuel or something? Uh, Is that why the ghost left? But I, I don't I don't remember because I remember just dropping off. They were gonna do something, and I don't know if it was yeah. fueling or not. Yeah, you're right. I thought right. I thought it was a supply run, but. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it, it felt to me like it was a little bit of a throwaway line, but that it was a throwaway line with some purpose yes, where we're yeah. setting up more of agent Callus. that like what he's doing is he's saying that for us, the audience, so that we know that Callus is basically keeping tabs on governor price and he's trying to get in her good books so that he can keep his place as, you know, as, as this rebel spy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, there, there's something, there's definitely more going on with agent Callus, right? Yeah. It's the only reason why he would show up, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think you're, that's, that's right. Because like I said, it, it kind of, the scene, I don't know. At first I was like, I'm not sure what that scene was intending yeah. for us to do. Cause then, yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise you could just cut to Admiral Constantine showing up and reporting that they've received the distress signal. Yeah. But yeah. here's Callus talking about something else. He doesn't even need to be in the scene. Yeah. So to me, like the, I read that as subtext that like Callus is still like he's like he's like so Governor Price, your plan to uh, trap the rebels at, at a fuel depot. Which fuel depot was that? <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, yeah. he's like on his data pad, like sending messages to Hera, like yeah, watch this out. is what's yeah. going on, right? Yeah. Don't go to this fuel depot. Yeah. Um, sure. Or come to the fuel depot, but be prepared for resistance right so um yeah i really feel like callus is still is still playing both sides mm -hmm. um i don't know that he's necessarily a full-fledged rebel quite yet but right right i do think he's playing both sides and he's he's trying to i don't know i think that callus is an interesting character because i think that he believes that the empire is the right team to be on he just doesn't agree with the people who are in charge right Mm -hmm. So I I'm I just put this together and I think that Callus is starting to become 
one of my favorite expanded universe characters, if not my favorite expanded universe character of all time, uh, Admiral Peleon. Mm. Um, Gilead Peleon, say it three times fast, I dare you, um, (laughs) who is from the Thrawn books. I don't particularly like him in the Thrawn books because in the Thrawn books he's basically just there to ask Grand Admiral Thrawn leading questions so that Thrawn can say, well, this is how I knew where to find Luke Skywalker. And it's like, oh, you're just there to serve a a narrative purpose. You're not a real character. Um, But later on in the New Jedi Order, uh, Peleon went on to become uh, Grand Admiral after mm-hmm. after Thrawn. Right. And he was essentially the military leader of the Imperial Remnant and the most instrumental uh, person in the the um, in the Empire joining the New Republic in order to fight the Yuuzhan Vong. Mm-hmm. And he ended up like basically bringing in all of the Star Destroyers and Super Star Destroyers that they had to fight back the Yuuzhan Vong. Because it was the right thing to do, and although he was a he was a dyed in the wool imperial, he believed in he believed in the rhetoric that Palpatine had spewed, thinking that it was real, right? And I think that Callus is the same. Mm-hmm. Callus believes in the Empire. He believes in what in the things that Palpatine and his his uh, propagandists say. But he believes that they're real ideals, right? And he believes in them as real ideals, whereas others are using those ideals as a cover for tyranny. Mm-hmm. Callus, I, I do fully believe that like he feels that the Empire can bring justice and order to the galaxy, which is exactly what the rebels want to do. They just also want some liberty in there as well, right? But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I think... like. I'm 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 connecting those things. Yeah. We're uh, I'm, I'm putting those two things together. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I, I think this is one of the reasons why I'm enjoying Callus so much is yeah. that uh, he's got that where he's like you know, um, and it goes back to the Clone Wars, uh, and and that goes back. This also goes back to Episode Three in that opening crawl when it says there are heroes on both sides. Yeah, and I right. think that that remains true in the uh, the the galactic civil war era as well in the classic trilogy there are heroes on both sides i i think that that callus is is a heroic character as we've seen this season and certainly a little bit last season um you know he's just fighting for the wrong team yeah. i i think that that uh, uh gilad pelion and from the expanded universe is one of those characters as well and i uh, and uh, you know I, I i would even go so far as, as to say that characters like admiral piet um, they could be considered hero. Like he could be considered a hero as well. He's he's literally only following orders, and he believes that what he's doing is right. He's not evil, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. uh, there's more to Star Wars than meets the eye. If you just uh, <laughs> yeah. if you just take a second to look at it, if you haven't noticed from the almost 200 episodes of <laughs> podcasting yeah. that we've done. Yeah, no. I, the, as far as Callus, I'll just yeah. say that they're doing a good job mm-hmm. especially when I'm looking at it like they do a good job of like at first you thought oh man that episode with him and Zeb like oh man he's gonna turn you know he's, he's gonna help and then you know you see the Antilles one where you think oh his debt's paid so so now you're like on 
is he or isn't he? You know, and you yeah. get these little scenes like this, and you, oh man, it's just it's so good how they're yeah setting this up. I love it. So they um, manage they manage to tell that story mm-hmm. and and maintain the mystery of the character, yeah. which is like that's an incredible achievement because it's very easy to ruin a character like that by just saying like, and then he became a good guy, and it's like, well, <laughs> changes like that don't happen overnight. And here's the thing. Dave Filoni is an expert at this because if you've watched Avatar The Last Airbender, spoilers for Avatar The Last Airbender, I'm sorry. You've had time. Uh, uh, Zuko? Uh, yeah, the the kid, there's like a, a, yeah, Prince Zuko is the bad guy in season one. And then over the course of season two and three, he makes a switch from being the bad guy Mm -hmm. to becoming a sympathetic bad guy, a bit of an anti-hero. And then by the end of the series, he's on the hero's side. Mm -hmm. He fights with the avatar at the end. And then when we move forward to, uh, legend of Korra, he is, he's, he's revered as, as, as a hero, um, from that, that time from that conflict and, and like as being on the side of good, and, but it took three seasons fully to get him there from, from the bad guy to the good guy. And, and I think that callous is going to be a similar journey where it's like, is he a good guy or did he just do that to repay a debt? Well, it seems like he's still working with the rebels. Mm-hmm. Is he still working with the rebels? And I guarantee yeah. you, we're going to see something soon where he's going to have to cover and, and do something that he doesn't necessarily want to do in order to maintain his position in the in in the empire in the in the ISB right so yeah. Um, yeah I mean we'll see we'll see how it how it plays out but they've managed to to keep that mystery and that intrigue of that character mm-hmm. while giving us what we wanted to see after last year's last season's episode right right so yeah, good stuff, man. I, I, like I said, love the way where they're taking this thing. Uh, back on Agamar, Kalani outlines the rules of engagement. The rebels must fight their way back to the command center in order to free Zeb. Rex agrees uh, that due to his experience in the Clone Wars and uh, proposes striking at the unguarded hangar. The battle commences at Kalani's order and a column of B-1 battle droids attacks the rebels. Rex tells Kanan and Ezra to follow the sword and shield maneuver, deflecting blaster bolts and hurling grenades at the advancing droid columns. The rebels advance forward after shattering the first uh, first assault wave. So they used that sword and shield maneuver. That was kind of neat to see. Yeah. Like, you know, it was, it was Rex back in his element, and you could almost put Anakin and Obi-Wan with him. And, it, yeah. and he even actually calls out to, I think it's Ezra, at one point, like, hey... Ezra, I think, was going a little too fast or a little too far forward, and he kind of called out to him like, "Hey, where you? You know, what are you doing? Get back here!" So it was almost like Rex was having flashbacks of back in the Clone Wars days, and he even mentions, I mean, during that dream, you know, he, not dream, but as he woke up from the uh, uh, from the stun at yeah. in the beginning, he was you know, calling out to Cody and everything. Yeah. So it was wow, it was uh, crazy. Is it, crazy man, for him. there's a story there. There has to be a story yeah. there yeah. because. Cody survives, like, because Cody almost kills Obi-Wan, right? I mean, like, he hands him back his lightsaber, and then Order 66 comes in. Cody is the first clone trooper to receive Order 66, um, or at least that we see on screen. But I I choose to believe that 
Palpatine was like, I'm taking out Kenobi first, because if there's anybody that can screw this up for me, it's going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, I gotta, we got him as far away from Anakin as possible, but he can still mess this whole plan up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he tries to knock out Obi-Wan first, and uh, Obi-Wan survives, but Obi-Wan just leaves the planet, right? Like, he, he doesn't confront the clones again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cody survives Order 66. Um, he survives through through the end of the Clone Wars. So, um, obviously, Rex being Anakin's uh, number one clone and Cody being Obi-Wan's, Rex and Cody were, like, best friends, right? Mm-hmm. And so, after Order 66, I have to imagine that at some point, Rex tries to help Cody mm. right there's got to mm. be a story there and if there isn't I I you know uh, Dave I, <laughs> I, you go. Pablo <laughs> Leland anybody who's listening to this I am happy to write that story for you I uh, even if you just want me to break the story and then you guys can somebody else can take it over and actually write it because I'm not actually a writer but but I, I, I'm telling you, there's there's some meat on those bones. Um, <laughs> you got ideas. It, yeah, and it ties into, like, like obviously we know why Rex would call out to Cody first before anybody else. But um, there's like a sorrow in his eyes when he realizes where he is, that it's Kanan, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also love the fact that, that he doesn't look at Kanan as Obi-Wan or Anakin, uh, he looks at Kanan as Cody, mm-hmm. which to me is a deeper connection because Anakin and Obi-Wan were obviously Rex's commanding officers, uh, his generals, but Cody was his brother in arms, right? Like he, right. Cody outranked him technically because um, Cody was a commander and Rex was right. a captain, but but they were they they always felt like they were on equal footing, right? Um, because as Rex says, experience counts for everything, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I think Cody agreed with that, and so like those two characters had a very deep connection. So I think for for Rex to look at, because I think the way that Rex looks at it, he looks at Anik as sorry as Kanan, at Kanan as Cody, and Ezra as Ahsoka, mm. as the young Ahsoka. Right, like yeah, he he, right. he he talks to her to uh, to Ezra in a very similar way that he talked to Ahsoka back in the day. So, mm. like that, that I I just love that because it shows it shows this this deep connection that those characters have grown to have. And if you think back to a year ago, they did not get along when they first met. No, right? no. So it's yeah. uh, it shows how far they've come in in just one season. Yeah, definitely. Good point. Good point. Uh, go ahead, Mike. You go. I uh, here. Let me go. I uh, Ezra sees the hangar is clear and suggests entering. However, Rex cautions against it, citing the battle droid strategy to keep advancing forward, and says to wait. Kanan responds that the tactical droid has had a long time to think about it. Rex understands how much this battle means to Kalani's programming as well as his own, explaining that clone troopers were bred for combat. Together, they advance into the hangar. Meanwhile, Zeb jokes that Kalani should surrender now, but the super tactical droid retorts that he was not programmed to understand his sense of humor. Kalani then reveals that the rebel ha- rebels have taken his bait 
and send several droidicas to intercept them. Now, I was excited when battle droids showed up, where, you know, just your standard B1 battle droid. Yeah. Yeah. When these droidicas rolled in, and he called, he, they, yeah. are, they get referred to as destroyer droids. Yeah. And I said audibly to Crystal, I was like, oh, yeah, droidicas. <laughs> because I, yeah. because I'm a, you know, I mean, I'm an original trilogy kid. That's, I grew up with the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah. But I was a teenager when those prequels hit. And if there was one thing that really, really stood out to me from episode one as like, that is one of the coolest designs ever. It was certainly the uh, the destroyer droids, the, the destroyers, droidicas. Yeah, yeah. And there's that there's that thing of like they the the Nemoidians refer to them as droidicas, and then Qui Gon refers to them as destroyer droids. And mm. it was always like, well, are they destroyer droids or are they droidicas? And it's just one of those Star Wars isms that it took so long before someone like Pablo was like, well, the Nemoidians have their own language, and in their language, they refer to them as droidicas. And but that I I the Jedi would refer to these kinds of droids as destroyer droids, you know. Mm. And uh, but I just love them. I love the I love that the sort of arched back that they have. So because for when they roll into the ball, yeah. and then I love the 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 three sensors that they have on their what I guess you would call the face. Mm-hmm. They've got the sort of the two that come out as eyes, and then the one that almost looks like a little like proboscis, like a like a fly. Mm-hmm. Or a bee or something like that. Um, I sh- I love I love destroyer droids and the shield yeah. generators and I just remember seeing Phantom Menace and those things rolled out. They they rolled in and then they popped out and the the giant blaster cannons and then the shield bubbles pop and you're like, oh man, how 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 are they going to deal with this? They can't just deflect blasters at those. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Like I said, this episode, like it hit me. It hit so many nostalgia buttons, and and I think that's why I loved it so much. Yeah, well, you talk about the Droidicas and destroyers. I mean, that's you know the one thing that the Separatists had that was able to fend off Jedi and even two of them. You know, it. it yeah. You saw what, how tough it was for Anakin or Anakin Obi Wan and Qui Gon. They had to run away, and even in this, this episode. Uh, they're just they're just too much, like you said, with the shield generators or shield around them. Man, they're just they're just too much to take. But there's ways of doing it, and we'll find out in a minute here. But again, in this in this particular section too, it mentioned it in the recap here. You know, Rex, he says between him and Kalani, it means a lot to their programming to win this war. And uh, it's like like you said, there's no other way of life. I mean, Rex has, that's been his programming since day one is to win the Clone Wars. And man, there's some powerful stuff going uh, going on with this and uh, coming up here in a moment here. Go ahead, uh, is it my turn, Mike? Yeah, it's your turn. Let's see, we're at uh, unable to penetrate. Uh, yeah. unable, unable to penetrate the Droidica shields, Rex and the Jedi are forced to retreat. Ezra comes up with a plan to collapse the catwalk on the destroyers. Kanan and Rex agree to provide covering fire while Ezra heads towards the catwalk. Kalani notes that the Jedi have split up, as they do 17.6% of the time, and sending more battle droids to pursue Kanan and Rex. Ezra encounters Chopper, who tells him about the distress signal. Chopper tries to drag Ezra away into the Nemoidian shuttle, but they can't leave without Zeb. Ezra tells Chopper to get the shuttle ready while he fetches the others. 
Uh, Ezra uses the Force to collapse the, ca- the catwalk over the droidicas. On the way to the bridge, they encounter Ezra... Uh, oh, I think, I think I may have deleted a sentence that was important there. Um, <laughs> uh, they encounter Ezra, who remarks that he would make a good soldier. Rex points out that their plan was dependent on timing, and chides Ezra for his tardiness. When Ezra tries to explain, Rex warns him that this is not a game and that his every move affects the squad. Kanan tells Ezra not to take Rex's words personally because Rex is determined to finish the battle. On the way, the rebels soon run into another droidica, uh, Rex knocking it out with his helmet and noting that the droidica is as old, or sorry, sorry, is old just like him. They breach the command center and declare victory. However, Kalani disagrees and prepares to execute Zeb at gunpoint. However, Ezra intercedes and points out that the droid army is so old that they could never have won. Well, looks like we win. I disagree, Captain. We didn't win. These droids are so old they malfunction. If they hadn't, we'd be goners. The boy is correct. The droid army would have prevailed, so technically, victory is ours. No, it's not. I never really thought about it. I never asked. I know the Jedi were wiped out, the clones were decommissioned, and the droid army was just shut down. The Clone War ended, but why? If none of you won, who did? I gotta tell you, Mike, that is the question, and mm-hmm. it, I love this point to where it kind of, as far as the writing goes and the, the way they set this episode up, they let that kind of breathe for a second. You know what I mean? Like, who won? And then there's a couple seconds of just silence, and it's like, as an audience, you're thinking about it too, and it's like, well, of course, it was the it was the master manipulator of them all, right? And uh, it was, of course. Um, well, Palpatine. So uh, he talks about Order 66, the separatist shutdown of the army, yeah. the clones were decommissioned, you know, and uh, and it all came down to this, like, who won this damn thing? And and it's we all answered the question when he asked it, too. So and, and another point of this, too, was Rex. At this point, he's into, like, the Clone Wars Rex at this at, at, even though he's older. Yeah, he's he's in that mode now, which I kind of recognize, and I kind of wrote that down. I wrote in my notes like he's in Clone Wars Rex mode right now. So, um, again, man, just some a powerful line there from Ezra, who's a little kid who's trying to figure this thing all out, and he he asked the question, and uh, all of us kind of answered at the same time. So, what do you think about that, about that, Mike? Yeah, I mean, this was sort of the whole crux of the episode, right? This is yeah. what it all hinged on. Um, we take it for granted. They, they, you know, we know Palpatine, there was, there was sort of two uh, ends to his game. One was destroying the Jedi. The other was taking over the galaxy. We talk a lot about how Palpatine was really smart. Palpatine was really clever. The biggest thing is that Palpatine did this without anybody knowing that it was him. Mm -hmm. And when the Clone Wars ended, the Jedi were extinguished, like exterminated, right? Uh, the clones had their the switch flipped and became basically mindless um, and just like subservient, right? Um, like totally loyal. Um, and the battle droids were shut down and all of the separatist leaders were executed. <clears throat> so there was no one left 
to question, well, how did the Clone Wars end? It was just, you know, I, I, Lord Vader mm-hmm. defeated the Separatists. That's what that's what everybody was told, and like that's why Darth Vader is considered a hero to the Empire, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the story. That's the party line. Is that basically like this new person that no one's ever heard of? But you know, it's a big galaxy, so we've never heard of this Vader guy. Shows up in this helmet and everything. Think we wouldn't seen him before, but whatever. Lord Vader d- defeated the Separatists, shut down the Droid Army. And, uh, and, and, you know, clearly the Jedi were working with them. So working with the separatists, right? So when they tried to take over, they were defeated and Palpatine wins, but nobody goes like, what, wait, what, how, (laughs) right? Because there's nobody to ask that question. So, you know, here, here now are some, some characters in the Star Wars galaxy who get to ask that question and, um, there's no one to tell them. Yeah. They kind of come to the conclusion that, like, wait a second, like the Republic falls, the Empire rises, the Separatists just kind of disappeared. And I said to I said to Crystal while we were watching, I was like, at the beginning of the episode, I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be so awesome. I can't wait for the the tactical droid to realize that the Separatists have become the Rebel Alliance. Huh. Because the yeah. battle droids, who were the bad guys in the prequel trilogy, are actually on the same side as the rebels. Mm-hmm. They just don't know it yet, right? right. Uh, and the Jedi are actually the ones who are on the wrong side during the Clone Wars. They're they're actually the ones who are fighting for the bad guys. They just don't know it, you know. Um, I think I said this last week. I think I went on a whole diatribe about how people. You know, they smack talk George Lucas and the prequel trilogy. I, I'm sorry, but all of that is in there. That story is in those three movies. Whether you're paying attention to it or not, that's completely your fault. Because it's there. It's it's plain as day. And I mean, really, it's not that much in, in Phantom Menace other than setting it up. But uh, certainly in Attack of the Clones and then Revenge of the Sith, that story is told of how Palpatine pulls one over on the entire Jedi Order and yeah. the galaxy. And they willingly give up their freedom. But mm-hmm. uh, but here are a handful of characters. Um, Kalani, a super tactical droid, who questions that. And it's right there at the beginning of the episode when he says, well, when it came, I thought this could be some Republic trick. And... Like, guess what? The the battle droid figured it out before anybody else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a Republic trick. Yeah. The whole war was a Republic trick, right? So yeah, yeah. um yeah, yeah, I mean I exactly. I just like that 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 realization when they come to that realization, it's like that's what the episode is all about. That's mm-hmm. what we're here for, right? Yeah. That's why we're telling this story. One of my things with Clone Wars and Rebels is when we would take these sidetracks and do one-off episodes that had nothing to do with anything, that were just like, okay, now it's just a story, right? Um, the, uh, the, the, the droid arc from Season 5, where with Mieber Gascon and all that, totally pointless. Yeah. Doesn't really feed into anything else in the larger story. Total waste of time, Right. 
uh, most of those episodes. I mean, the last episode's kind of a little bit, you know, Tarkin shows up, there's some other stuff that kind of ties in, but not really. There's no real repercussions for for anything else. I guess, um, <clears throat> I, I, who's the commando? I, because we've got... Rex yeah, Wolf Greg? and Gregor, yeah. Gregor, Gregor yeah. shows up in Rebels, obviously, but but I mean, one thing doesn't yeah. really have much to do with the other. Um, no, yeah. But yeah, like like the, so, I hate it when that happens. When we get those stories that don't really have anything to do with anything, um, and that have no payoff. I love it when we get something that on the outset looks like one of those stories. Yeah, I was but, just gonna say that, yeah. yeah. But we get there at the end, and all of a sudden, it's like. Oh snap! This is what this is what I wanted, right? Yeah. This is the this is the gooey caramel center to this episode, <laughs> and uh, and it's delicious, right? So, yeah. but but yeah. we're not done yet. There's still more. Yeah, I know a lot of people might think that this this was a throwaway, not throwaway, but what do we what do we normally call them? Is just like filler. like a filler, but yeah. Man, like filler if this episode. is a filler, I mean, holy macro! There's that's a great great filler and. It ties into so much, like you've been saying, Mike. And, yeah. and you know, in fact, Rex also, talking about Rex too here, he actually gets hit, I think, is at least one time he gets he gets popped in his armor. And he, luckily, he still has his Generation 1 armor, which still holds up. So I thought that was a really cool line. Uh, Zeb explains that the Galactic Empire is the reason why the Clone Wars ended, pointing out that their uh, present arrival in the form of several landing, uh, pointing out uh, several present arrival in the form of several oh, that doesn't make sense anyway the droids and rebels uh stand down ezra inquiring how kalani um thinks his droid army will fare against the empire kalani admits that his droids are depleted but emphasizes that they are not at war with the empire he orders b1268 to analyze the approaching imperial forces two imperial landing craft and uh land near the transport ship and deploy several stormtroopers the battle droids greet the Imperials but are attacked. B1268 himself crushed by an ATAT walker. So it's funny. Here's where I talked about earlier. You know, you had stormtroopers and uh, battle droids, you know, two separate, uh, you know, so, not sagas, but two eras of Star Wars like coming together in this one episode. And I thought that was so cool to see stormtroopers interacting with the battle droids. And of course, they're, they take out uh, the battle droids as they're told to do and it sounds like they've come across them before so i'm it sounds like there's more battle droids around once in a while from what the stormtroopers were saying mike so yeah uh it's kind of a cool thing uh, to see uh like i said the two eras coming together yeah for uh, sure go ahead, ahead michael we'll so this is the last one uh in light of recent events yeah okay yeah here we go uh in light of the recent events ezra argues that the rebels and droids face a common enemy Rex is about to interject, but Kanan tells him to let the boy continue. Ezra explains that the fighting between the droids and the clones allowed the Empire to take over. When he asks Kalani what the Separatists were fighting for, he replies that they were fighting for freedom against the Republic's tyranny. Ezra points out that he and his fellow rebels have always been fighting against tyranny. Kalani deduces that the Empire is the successor to the Republic, and accepts the logic that this makes the rebels allies. He's a common enemy now. Ah, uh, wait a minute. Let him finish, Captain. Clones, battle droids, you destroyed each other. And when you were both weak enough, the Empire took over. General, 
What were the Separatists fighting for? According to my programming, freedom from the tyranny of the Republic. Hmm, fighting tyranny. Sounds like the Empire has always been your enemy. You are against the Empire. I am against the Republic. Now, the Republic has become the Empire. I accept your logic. We are on the same side. Sorry. I guess we are. However, as I stated, my forces are too depleted for me to plan a successful counterattack. Fighting insurmountable odds? We can help you with that. So, Mike, I love that fact that Ezra points out, like, you know, you guys destroyed each other. And, you know, when you're both weak enough, that's when the Empire took over. And, you know, that master plan finally kind of hit its tipping point and you know the empire was born so i thought that was a really cool realization from uh from ezra and here's ezra like i said you know born you know on empire day the the ending of the clone wars and he's really you know kind of i don't know whether he's studied some of this clone Wars stuff with kanan maybe i don't know but he's really on point with what he's talking about here and it all makes so much sense from what he says and even kalani is able to realize yeah looks like uh you know, the Empire was a successor to the Republic, so yeah. now they're the enemy. So that's kind of neat to see that. Um, uh, let me continue here, Mike. Kaden remarks that he can help Kalani and the battle droids. Kalani worries that the Empire will shoot them down. When Kanan asks about using the proton torpedoes, Kalani notes that he did not deploy them because of his forces lacked the cannons to fire them. Rex then comes up with a plan to roll the proton torpedoes onto the feet of the advancing walkers. Since the battle droids are poor shots... Kalani suggests having the battle droids fire at Ezra and Kanan. The Jedi will use their lightsabers to redirect the blast at the torpedoes, crippling the walkers. Ezra tells Chopper to get the shuttles ready. He orders D-Squad to get ready for their attack. Zeb throws a grenade that knocks out the advancing AT-TP walker. Uh, Zeb joins battle droids and droidicas in the attack, while the other droids roll, out, roll the proton torpedoes onto the, uh, into position. Kalani orders his droids to fire at Ezra and Kanan, who deflect the blasts at the proton torpedoes. The torpedoes explode, destroying the front legs of one of the AT-AT walkers, causing it to topple. Using this opportunity, the shuttle takes off. Rex tries to warn the first shuttle to bank right. However, the shuttle is shot down by the second AT-AT walker. I'm going to go AT-AT this time. The remaining droid shuttle, uh, droid shuttle at the Rebels... Wait... The remaining droid shuttle and the rebel shuttle managed to escape through the smoke. So a big action scene here, Mike. It's yeah. funny that they they even know like, hey, our battle droids, they're, they're not good shots. What are you going to do? Can you guys help us out with that? And they're like, yeah, hey, fire them at us and we'll deflect them into the torpedoes. So that was kind of a cool thing. It's like, whoa, that's the epitome of trust and teamwork. Uh, especially with these battle droids, you know, but a pretty cool plan. It seemed to work, and they were able to uh, escape uh, the Empire there, Mike. Do um, you want to finish it up? And we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, okay, let's do that. Uh, having escaped into space, the Rebels contact Kalani by hologram. When Ezra says that their escape was a victory, Kalani responds that it was a successful strategy, but not a victory. Based on this battle, Kalani calculates that the Rebellion has a 1% chance of success against the Empire which is why this is where they must part company. The ghost arrives, and Hera inquires about their mission to retrieve the bombs. Kanan tells Hera that they did not manage to obtain them, but that they did find the ghost a new transport. No, 
It was a victory. We all just won the Clone War. And you ended it, Ezra. A galaxy of senators couldn't do that. An army of Jedi, clones, and droids couldn't find the middle ground, but... but you did. Rex, all I did was point out that none of you were meant to win. You couldn't. And we needed to hear it. Agreed. I am satisfied if you are, Captain. I am. Very good. Now, based upon this battle, I calculate that you have less than a 1% chance of staging a successful rebellion against the Empire. So, this is where we must part ways. Roger, roger. I can't imagine fighting that many droids all the time. Well, if you think that was bad, let me tell you about the Battle of Geonosis. Hera, I was just about to call you. How was your day? We're tracking two shuttles leaving the system. Is everything all right? Did you have trouble securing the bombs? Well, the bad news is we didn't get the bombs. The good news is we don't need a pickup because we found a new Phantom. Delta Beach is going to need a page out. And look at Mike, they found a new Phantom, so now they don't have to worry about that anymore. I, although I don't know how it's going to fit onto the Ghosts as well as the Phantom did, but uh, hey, whatever. Um, well, you know, I, if you dig, there are some pictures online. And, oh, is there? Uh, okay. Yeah, and it, it works perfectly. So they actually, they'll end up uh, sort of chopping off a little bit of the, the top, the, mm -hmm. that sort of that fin on the top. It's not quite as tall, but, uh, but other than that, it actually fits pretty well. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And hey, a nice way to round out this episode. Um, you know, Rex finally kind of has. You know, it's like Rex and Kalani had their closure because Rex has been like I talked about earlier. He was programmed, and this was his his whole thing, his whole life, right? Until he actually pulled that damn chip out of his head in the Clone Wars, um, as the Clone Wars ended the TV show. So this was his whole thing, and it was a nice kind of closure to like the clone wars and a lot of people <clears throat> excuse me have been talking about um how this was kind of like a, an episode to close out the clone wars because it was the tv show because it ended so abruptly and even the the end of this episode mike the last title screen was the old clone Wars style uh, i don't know did you notice that yeah i did i did yeah so just and the, yeah. and the music was also oh the, yeah the clone yeah. wars ending music so the, you're right you're right so a really cool way to like send this off and kind of like one last like hey clone wars you know we're still thinking about you and we knew you guys were you know it kind of stopped early but um just a nice little tip of the cap and that was a really cool thing to to see that and 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 to hear kalani say hey about this rebels thing, you guys got like a one percent chance, and wow, you know, to, to, to know what we know now, it's like, yeah, we have a little more than one percent because we have something <laughs> called Luke Skywalker coming to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you said earlier, Mike, this is one of your favorite episodes, huh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I just, I love the interaction between the characters. Uh, it's a great Rex episode. It's a great Kanan episode. It's a great yeah. Ezra episode, mm -hmm. um, and then. Uh, obviously just bringing back that Clone Wars music. Um, like I said, it made me nostalgic for the Clone Wars movie when you start, you know, you hear that, the, the March of the Battle Droids, uh, as yeah. it's called. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I just thought that it was really well executed. It ties together the prequels and the original trilogy in a way that I don't think anything else has. Um, and man, Battle Droids fighting Imperial Walkers and Stormtroopers... <laughs> I didn't think we'd ever see it. I, I like. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, we, there's little bits here and there in comics and stuff, but uh, but yeah. to see it in the era that that the stormtroopers are at home in that they're you know tie fighters and that sort of thing. I I don't know. You can't really ask for too much more. Yeah, no, it's good stuff, man. I'll give it I'll give it uh, eight droidicas out of ten for this episode. So, uh, <laughs> nice, pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, hey, uh, sure. we got a couple. Uh, you know, it's been really great that the last few weeks we've gotten uh, a lot of um, messages through Facebook yeah. or or, uh, or uh, Twitter or um, uh, what else we use. Email. emails whatever yeah so it's kind of cool so um if we didn't get to yours we'll try to get to it next week uh we got two more uh new uh people we wanted to to mention uh the first one mike uh i guess i'll take this one first this is from joe sure. martin he says uh, i know this is pretty nitpicky but chopper's paint changes is kind of annoying to me usually one or two episodes a season involves the crew going undercover with chopper painted as an imperial droid why not just leave him painted that way for convenience? I suppose Chopper could demand to be changed back after the missions, but wouldn't that require them to paint over the previous paint job? If so, should he have a pristine orange and white coatings, not the scuffed up version we always see? Again, still loving the show, just a pet peeve of mine. So Joe's got a pet peeve with Chopper's constant yeah. paint changes. I gotta tell you, like, for me, like Chopper's he's kind of not my favorite character. And I'll tell you what, like in the first couple seasons, he he actually did a lot to um it seemed like he was always causing trouble for our rebels yeah. crew you know what i mean like every time he's like what is he doing you know he's always in, getting in the way and causing trouble and just being overall just like like uh just an annoyance and always getting away so that being said um i think it's just obviously something that these rebels can use because they got to use every trick in the book right and it's easy for them to paint Chopper because obviously he can pass for an Imperial droid very easily. So he's able to get it in and out of things uh, very easily for them. And it's just one of those things where they're going to have to always paint over him. And it's an easy thing to do. And it's a great way to infiltrate uh, the Empire when they need to. What do you think, Mike? Well, here, I'm going to fix this for you. I'm going to give you some okay. F-level cannon. Okay. Um, Frontline so, cannon? Yeah. So in uh, we already mentioned it once this episode. The droids arc... In uh, in Clone Wars in season five, um, R two along with several other droids, uh, R two, KT yeah, mm-hmm. being one of the other ones, uh, who's still kicking around, uh, a Republic droid much like R two that ends up being part of the Resistance. So uh, it's an interesting, same character. It's the same character. R two yeah. KT is in Clone Wars, also in the Force Awakens. Anyways. Um, clearly made it from the Republic into the Rebellion and then eventually into the Resistance. But, uh, or maybe not the Rebellion, maybe just stayed as an Imperial droid the whole time. And then once the Empire fell and and became the New Republic, ended up in the Resistance. Who knows? Mm. But, uh, I, that's again, there's a story to tell. The Star Wars galaxy is endless. In, in any case, that's not the point. The point is that in that episode... Those droids were given basically uh, upgrades and some changes. Parts of their chassis were swapped out. Uh, in one case, one of those droids was completely hollowed out mm-hmm. so that Mieber Gascon could, could stow away inside of it. The chassis of the droid 
had the basically the droid brain and guts pulled out of it, right, and then put aside. Mm-hmm. And that, but that droid was still like that. The droid brain was still intact. I'm gonna go ahead and say that Chopper has two bodies, or at least two chassis, two two mm. uh, uh, platings, right? And when they need him to do this, when they need him to be the Imperial one, they just pop him out and pop him back in, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and and they just sort of like move move the plates over or whatever they need to do in order to get Chopper into the Imperial droid getup. Um, no different than we change clothes. And and for a crew as skilled as, as the Ghost crew, it's really not that big of a deal. Like you said, they need to use every trick in the book, and, yeah. and, uh, and Chopper is resourceful. And it's really great when he is done up in that Imperial getup. Um, they can get away with a lot. They can he he can be really helpful that way. So, mm, yeah. so yeah, that's that's my explanation. That's my F level canon is that somewhere on the ghost, which is actually a fairly sizable ship. I don't think that we've really even seen the entire inside of it. Um, there could very easily be a secondary chassis stored away somewhere so that Chopper can be mm. swapped in and out. Yeah, good point. Good point. There you go, uh, Mike. We got another one. A shout out to yeah. Kimberly Ross. She's a new. Uh, New poster here. She's been listening a while, but uh, what does she have to say? Uh, yeah, she says, Hi, been listening since season one and wanted to say I really enjoy the podcast and love the episode recaps. My favorite character in Rebels is Hera, and I really love how they're, how they're writing her and Kanan's relationship. I was curious as to what you think about relationships in the Rebels universe. What are some of your thoughts about the character dynamics on the show? Thanks for being awesome and keep up the great work. So I wanted to read this one specifically because of what's brought up about Kanan and mm-hmm. Hera. So I love the way that Kanan and Hera are dealt with as a romantic couple in yeah. Rebels because they are, it's akin to the way that Han and Leia are treated in the original trilogy. There's sort of a, a, a they kind of rub each other the wrong way in A New Hope. Yeah. Um, they get on each other's nerves quite a bit in Empire, but it turns out, you know, off screen they fell in love, and uh, and and by the end of it, obviously the most, some of the most famous lines in in Star Wars, the "I love you, I know." Mm-hmm. Um, I have two sets of T-shirts with that with that uh, <laughs> great quote uh, gracing it. So, I uh, and then and then. In Return of the Jedi, it's a little bit... They're kind of low-key. They're kind of on the DL, right? Um, They don't exactly walk around holding hands or anything like that. And then, you know, by The Force Awakens, all this other stuff has happened Mm -hmm. in the interim, right? So I look at Kanan and Hera, and I think, like, their relationship is very similar to that. And, uh, and, And they they play it off the same way you know if you read a new dawn they don't really get along when they first meet although kanan is 100 percent head over heels for Hera from the second that he sees her but i i you know like they kind of their relationship is a little bit more um subtle because now is not the time for romance yeah you know they have a they have a war to win right so i i really love that about i love the the thought and the depth um, that that's given to all of the character relationships in mm-hmm. Rebels. I think they do a fantastic job with that. Yeah, they're they're actually that's my favorite as far as when you're talking about relationships. Obviously, we've been talking about this since 
since this thing debuted, like we had a feeling like, man, there's something going on with these two. And they were really coy about it in the beginning. And a lot of people had questions like, you know, what is it with those two? I mean, is there something? And I've always thought that that they've had a relationship. They're keeping it under wraps. Like you said, Mike, I mean, there's a there's obviously something greater to deal with here with as far as the Rebel Alliance and, the, and building this building the Rebel Alliance. So they have to kind of put their thing on hold. But there's no, there's still times where they they have their interactions and their Han and Leia moments, you know, and I'm sure there's other times when they're alone, when they're able to, um, uh, you know, expand upon their relationship a little more off camera. But yeah, I just, I love what they're doing with this. And I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the time when they actually, although we all kind of know it, you know, there's never really been the time where they've actually expressed really much, you know, it's, it's, it's all through like the way they, the feelings and the way they animate it. So yeah, I've always thought that they've, they've had something going on. The, the, so, they will get before the series is out before Kanan's time uh, on rebels comes to an end, which I think will be before the end of the series. They'll mm-hmm. get their I love you. I know moment. Yeah. They'll right. have it. And it'll be some, something similar to, I mean, they, they had a little bit of one right before, I uh, Kane and Ezra and Ahsoka went off to face yeah. uh, the Inquisitors and Darth Vader, right? And so now yeah. we talked about it last season. It's like, oh, could yeah. this be the end for Kanan? Like they certainly set it up that way, because yeah. they gave them that moment where it was a little bit. It was still a bit of a tease, but um, but obviously we know why, right? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Just like the way- they they play with it. Yeah, exactly. And they, and the way there's been times where they've shown them kind of like you know, nudging up to each other or giving each other hugs. And you're just like, yeah, that, that's more than just like a friendly hug. You know, that's a, a concerned, I love you type of hug. You know, you know, hopefully I get to see you again type of thing. And and as far as like other, some of the other characters, you know, there is obviously that thing going with, with um, Ezra and Zeb, you know, like the big brother, little brother thing. And at first Zeb just couldn't be bothered with him. And now he's kind of like the little, hey, little buddy, you know, of course he's grown up a little bit now in this third season. But those two and the way they interact and have fun together, you know, like, yeah. like it is a big brother little thing. And and it seems like the one that's kind of left out is Sabine. And and we'll see where that goes. But she seems to be the one that's kind of like on the outside as far as relationships go, um, at least to me. I don't know if you have any uh, have any thoughts on that, Mike. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think that they might be leaving that for for Ezra and her to sort of develop a relationship before the end of the series. Yeah, I also maybe, think it's yeah. fine for a character to kind of not have yeah, no. too many connections. Yeah, and yeah. she's a Mandalorian, so she's going to be a little bit solitary by nature, right? Yeah, so. she's tough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, we have other, I think Alex uh, Malecki wrote in uh, as well as Ariel Phillip. He also wrote in, we'll, we'll save those uh, for next time, just in the interest of time here. I just want to say uh, thanks to all the new likes. Like I said, Kimberly Ross, Adam Cornish, Alex Malicki, uh, Ariel Phillip, Jeremy Birch, Derek Bachman, uh, my cousin Brian Kofer, Kevin West, Joey Ledson, uh, Mike Schmidt, and, and I think that's everybody as far as new stuff. So thank you guys for liking the page, and hope, hopefully you're enjoying all the content. And thank you guys for writing in, man. This is what we want, man. We want your guys' thoughts and and what you guys are thinking because we, like like we've said before me and mike we're just here as fans like you and we love to hear your guys's take on on what's going on so we'll continue that uh next week speaking mike of next time on star wars rebels it's called imperial super commandos man having lost contact with the protectors of conquer don ezra sabine and chopper conduct an investigation with their captured leader fen rao 
while trying to elude capture, they came across and rediscover a relic thought to have been lost ever since the siege of Mandalore. Check this out. Sabine Wren. I don't know you. Well, I know you and all about how you've joined the Phoenix Squadron. I also know that your mother is looking for you. Don't believe him. Sabine never told you about her family. Well, she lies as well as you, boy. Her own mother stands with me and the Empire now. I doubt you gave her much choice, traitor. She came round herself after you abandoned the Imperial Academy. Your cowardice shamed your family's name and standing. Had you honored your commitment, you could be wearing this armor now. Sorry, Saxon. I like a little more color. You think yourself a loyalist? The Empire will make Mandalore stronger than ever before. The only one who's gotten stronger under the Empire is you. Out of respect for your family, I'll give you a choice. Give me Van Rao and swear allegiance. Or you and your friend die. So, Mike, woo, we're getting uh, Sabine. We're just talking about Sabine. Here we're getting Sabine and maybe mm -hmm. part of her family and what happened to her. So this should be pretty exciting. And, and seeing this character from, I believe it's... Um, uh, the Darth Maul arc, Saxon, the comic uh, issue, the four-part yeah. miniseries. Yeah, so, woo, some pretty interesting stuff. We're getting Mandalores back, Mike, and Super Commandos, huh? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what more we yeah. discover about this, uh, about what's going to happen in this episode over the next couple days. Yeah, Obviously, definitely. you know, they kind of, they kind of drip feed us a little bit and give us some more stuff. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited for it. Actually, well, um, good season so far. Yeah, definitely. And and I it just dawned on me. I believe we're off next week. I believe this episode um, is airing November fifth. So. Um, oh, nice. We get a one week break. Okay, cool. So I believe <laughs> I believe we have a one week break coming up because they said no. This is debuting uh, November fifth, which is um, which is that following. God, where am I? Sat Saturday. Yeah. It's, it's the following Saturday, right? Yeah, it is. It's the fifth. So, um, yeah, yeah, you so know what? Disney XD, Disney XD yeah. probably has a ton of uh, uh, Halloween programming. Halloween stuff, yeah. For Saturday, right? Because it's Halloween right. weekend. Hey, here's something. Here's something. Never ever thought it occurred to us before. I just said Halloween programming. So, uh, if you guys out there are dressing up as Star Wars characters for Halloween, shoot us, uh, shoot us a picture. Yeah, Either like sure. post it on our Facebook, uh, send it to us on Twitter, uh, or or shoot us an email, rebelspodcast at gmail.com. Because uh, we would love to see that stuff. And you know what? If everybody does, I'll put together like an album on the Facebook page of Rebels listeners uh, on Halloween dressed up. Or if you just want to send us pictures of your Star Wars costumes. That's just cool. It's just cool to see what uh, what our what our listeners are up to. Yeah, for sure. That sounds like a plan. I like it. And cool. like I said, November 5th is when the episode airs. And then yep. our uh, recap will drop on that Wednesday, November 9th. Yeah, so look for us then. Look for us then. But that's going to do it for this week. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you, guys. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Rebels podcast. Sorry, Rebels news. By heading to rebelspodcast.com. I should be going to rebelspodcast.com more often and <laughs> actually reading the posts that are written 
expertly by Tim Jurassi, or as we like to call him, Jurassic Park. <laughs> I, I also the host of one of the hosts of Star Wars: The Saga Continues. Um, he does an awesome job of keeping you guys up to date over there at rebelspodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me on Twitter at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, as well as Matt. He's at the crankster. That is crankster with a K. I'm almost at 1,000 followers, so follow me if you haven't already followed me. I, re- I want to get to that 1,000 followers so only because I'm so close. You know, it's not like if I if I was at like five hundred, I wouldn't be like I gotta get to a thousand. But I'm at like nine eighty one right now, so I'm so <laughs> close. Um, just gotta get into that nice round thousand, and then somebody will ruin it by being a thousand and one, and then I gotta worry about the next milestone. But uh, Arkwolf A R K W U L F. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Matt the Crankster. Yeah. Sorry, at the Crankster. I. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. You can check out other great podcasts in the network by heading to thunderquack.com, uh, where you can uh, check out Star Wars The Saga Continues, uh, which is another great Star Wars podcast on the network. Uh, or if you don't want more Star Wars, if you're good with the Star Wars, or you already listen to The Saga Continues, you can check out Talking Time Lords. You could check out uh, the Double X Files. The first episode of the Riverdale Gang podcast is going up soon. Um, all sorts of great stuff over there. So so go check that out, thunderquack.com. Uh, if you really like the Rebels podcast and you want to support us directly, you can do that by heading to store.thunderquack.com and buying some merch. If you buy some Rebels podcast merch, uh, and you can actually you can get T-shirts, you can get mugs, you can get pillows, all sorts of stuff with the design that we did for Star Wars Celebration last year. Um, it's the the uh, the the Phoenix, um, the Rebel Phoenix, the one that Sabine did in season two, mm-hmm. um, right in season two, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but then the Rebels podcast logo is over top of that, so it's a really cool shirt. It just looks like a Star Wars shirt from the distance, and then as people get close to it, they'll see that it says the Rebels podcast. So it's not just like a logo that says the Rebels podcast, and then people are like, "What the hell's the Rebels podcast?" Uh, it's a Star Wars shirt first, Rebels podcast shirt second, and you can get it on a, you can get it on a, on a phone case, you can get it on a notebook, all sorts of really cool stuff over at store.thunderquack.com. Um, all of the proceeds for that design specifically go towards helping us. Uh, buy better equipment and pay for stuff for Rebels podcast. So, uh, so support us directly that way. If you want to support Thunderquack and all of the podcasts, you can do that by heading to uh, Patreon.com/Thunderquack, where you can get access to some really cool perks by uh, supporting us at different levels. I already went through all the details of that earlier in the episode, so I won't bore you with it again. But uh, that's Patreon.com/Thunderquack. And uh, that's it for this week. I gotta go because I gotta record a podcast with Tim, and uh, and I will. Uh, well, we'll be back. We'll be back in two weeks. Two weeks, right? Yeah. So uh, everybody enjoy Halloween. Enjoy the first week of November. Uh, and when we come back, uh, Matt and I will be recording during the presidential election. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that should be an interesting episode as we're sort of paying attention to that in one screen and talking in the other. Um, but, uh, look forward to that. And the next episode, 
I what's it called? Uh, Imperial Super Commandos. Commandos. We'll see yes. you guys in a couple weeks. See you in a couple weeks.